Hello and welcome to the Core Perform Corner, where registered dietitians and personal trainers teach you how to optimize your gut health, hormones, and fitness. Our team has utilized the trademark and evidence-based Core Perform protocol to transform over 500 lives mentally and physically. Here at Core Perform, we have three core values that are family, communication, and care. So if you are ready, subscribe to join our family, communicate with us through our Facebook group to ask questions, and we'll take care of the rest. Please remember this episode should not be used as medical advice to treat any medical condition in either yourself or others. And now, let's get on to this week's question. Thank you and welcome back to the Core Perform Corner. This week we have a bunch of exciting news. The first, of course, being that Core Perform Protein finally is has gone through pre-launch. Next week it is going to be the full launch. So if you are a VIP member, make sure you check your emails for the special access code. So if anyone's been trying to access the um, website right now, if you go to coreperform.com, you'll notice that it is blocked. And that's because only our VIP members have access to actually go in, see the new website and order things, check out the recipes, check out the blog posts we have up there. Um, but it will be live next week on April 5th. So if you're listening to this, then at a later date on the podcast, it should be live and you should have access. Um, Next week, we also will be announcing the giveaway winners. So make sure that you submit your reviews because right now there is only one person who left a review last month. And there's five, there's six winners actually. We're choosing six winners next week and one person has left a review. So literally if you leave a review right now, you are guaranteed to win. <laughs> that's, that's as good as it gets you guys. And so that's you're probably true. like, what do I win? So you can either win um, probiotics. So we have two giveaways going on. One is our monthly one that allows you to win up to $200 in whatever gut health prizes you want, whether that be colostrum or um, nut butters or protein bars, whatever it is that maybe we have on hand back here. Um, it could be something like a Corp Form sweatshirt, whatever. Um, or it is probiotics or something like that. So anyways, there's a bunch of different options of what you can win. Um, all you have to do is leave a review and you, again, pretty much guaranteed will win. <laughs> and then you get to choose whatever prize you want. So there you go. Um, and if you've already left a review, you are more than welcome to use someone else's phone to leave the review and we'll just announce you the other phone as the winner. So that's a roundabout way to, to enter. So with that said, do you guys have any announcements or should I just dive in? Let's dive in. Let's do it. Alrighty. So from Audrey Care on Facebook, we have a really long explanation of her health history, which I will not dive into. But okay. the, the end of it is basically saying that she has low estrogen right now and she is really looking to increase her estrogen levels normally um, and reduce any premenopausal symptoms like her night sweats, etc. So Audrey, what I will say for you is that when we're focusing on increasing estrogen, one of the most important things, of course, is going to be making sure we have proper amounts of body fat um, on our bodies. We're not over-exercising. Um, and really what I think it is, um, Audrey went in when she was explaining her health history about all these ridiculous amounts of nuts and fats that she was eating and how she thinks that that was actually causing malabsorption. And I think she's going down a, a wrong rabbit hole that way. Um, I really think that the basis of it needs to be taken back a step and just understanding that basically what's going on here is that she 
may have low estrogen, but it might still be an estrogen dominant state for her. So what mm -hmm. I would recommend for you, Audrey, is that I would recommend um, you reaching out, us setting up a Dutch test to be done for you to, making sh to make sure that you have proper um, estrogen levels, that they are actually going through the right metabolites, and then also to make sure that you have enough progesterone in your body. Your progesterone to estrogen ratio really sounds like it's off for you, which is what's causing those night sweats and premenopausal symptoms. Um, and then additionally, if you have been experiencing excessive weight gain, a lot of um, whatever other symptoms that you might be, sounds like bloating, et cetera, um, that might be just an estrogen dominant state in still having low estrogen amounts. So hopefully that helps. Do you guys want to ask one next? Sure. Number one. Is drinking liquid egg whites a good protein shake alternative? Protein powders make me nauseous. Not Corporform. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Um, so what do you guys think? Liquid egg whites. I have no, no. experience with liquid with liquid no. egg whites. I know I know I know, people, I know people who have drank and or like have drank them before instead of protein shakes, and they swear by them. But I've never personally done that. I'm I'm the whole egg guy every single time. <laughs> Do you think that you absorb the egg whites in liquid form? No, the answer is no, you don't absorb it. <laughs> so yes. So uh, no, you don't. <laughs> there you go. So when people use the liquid egg white alternative uh, to get their protein up, like that's cool and all, but you basically should account for only about half of that protein to actually be utilized if that. But if you cook it, then you're going to actually absorb majority of it, if not all of it. Interesting. That I got awesome. one. I got a question. <laughs> oh, <gosh>. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Gwen asked, uh, what makes a quality protein powder? Like what are ingredients to look for that are not the greatest and what is like, so basically I've told her before, some of the store, ba store brand proteins a lot of times are one of those like mass produced ones they may not necessarily be the best versus what you know the product offerings online and all that kind of stuff but since we're launching the the protein maybe you can speak to that dasha yeah for sure so there is a few different things to look out for about what's on the market right now so the first option you have basically i'm going to talk about whey versus plant protein so when you're choosing a whey protein powder the number one thing that you need to be worried about is the source of the whey and what you'll notice is the higher quality the way um, I often find that the actual worse the taste is. Have you guys experienced that? Oh, always. Yeah. Yeah. They taste horrible. Not, like if your whey tasty. protein tastes good, probably not it. Probably not it. Like <laughs> the grass fed, like really good quality whey um, usually doesn't taste that great. However, what I will say is yes, that's the better option. Now, the reason being is because the whey protein powder um, will carry the virome, which is basically like the viral load of the milk of the cow that it comes from. So remember that we have our microbiome and then we have our virome. So mm -hmm. because it carries that virome into the supplement and then you input it into your mouth, it's very important to thus have a good kind of source of that way to make sure that that virome is a healthy one um, and or won't trigger any sort of inflammatory issues for you. Mm -hmm. So 
when it comes to choosing a whey, that's what I would like to do. Um, obviously, stay away from gums if you can in excess um, and stay mm -hmm. away from artificial sugars if you can in excess. On my stories today, I talked all about natural versus artificial flavors. So we can dive into that. If anyone is live right now and wants me to, we can loop back to that later on in the podcast today. But um, yeah. Or if anyone wants it let next week, just comment in our Facebook group. And by the way, if you don't know how to join the Facebook group, always go in. It's in the description and you can join it and ask all the questions you want. Yeah. So when it comes to plant proteins, though. Um, plant proteins, number one thing you want to look for is that optimized amino acid ratio, which again is only in corporate form right now. That's why we're patent pending. Um, mm -hmm. But you want to make sure that they've also test. I mean, there's a lot of problems with plant proteins. You need to have that double scoop. If you're not using corporate form, you need to be sure that they've tested for heavy metals because plants hyper accumulate heavy metals in their leaves, which then we break down. So you want to make sure that that company has tested for heavy metals. Another really great thing to test for that we are testing for is glyphosate, of course. So plants get sprayed. So glyphosate is going to be really important. Um, and then additionally, um, making sure that you check for phytic acid. That's another really important one. Phytic acid is an anti-nutrient that is found in all plants. If you look into plant protein or plants in general online, a lot of people talk about the anti-nutrients of legumes or the anti-nutrients of whatever they're eating, seeds, nuts, et cetera. And because of that anti-nutrients, it can impact the absorption of our beneficial vitamins and minerals. So making sure mm -hmm. that your plant protein um, is looking into that. And I will tell you right now, I've never seen a company say that they have been phytic acid tested. Yeah. Uh, when I was actually proposing this research to the people, um, to the researchers, they said that like all the companies like Dannon and Nestle, they all got in on it. Like all these nine yeah. companies got in on it and they're like, yeah, yeah, let's test our phytic acid. And then all of a sudden, like everyone was in on it and started looking around at each other and was like, actually, I'm going to tap out of this research. And then all of a sudden they all tapped out of it because they oh, got nervous. Gosh. They realized yeah. they were like, well, crap. Like if my product gets the worst out of all of them, like I don't want yeah. to be in this. I don't want to be sponsoring this research anymore. So it turns out they never ended up doing the study. And so now we know. don't really know what's on the market. Yeah. Jeez. This you know, is more you know. on topic, but off topic, just about phytic acid. Do you think that the phytic acid in brown rice is significant enough to have a nutrient blocking effect? Uh, slight. Depends Slight, on how much okay. you're eating. Yeah, it depends on how yeah. much you're eating. And there's a very easy way to go about it. In processing, typically, very easy way is you just, um, there's like an enzyme you can actually add and it will break down the phytic acid. And so nice. um, that you can do from a manufacturing perspective. But again, we're talking about people who eat copious amounts of it. So yeah. what I would say is like, but copious amounts in bodybuilding is normal. So yeah, I'm saying like, yeah, if like every meal is brown rice. That's probably yeah, going to have a nutrient exactly, blocking effect. Exactly. Like when I hmm. talk about white rice, uh, some of my clients and like, especially like IBD and stuff like that, who like yeah. really have to stay low fiber. Like, yeah, they eat a lot of rice, but I always recommend it to be white rice. Yeah. Same. Um, Sherry asked to talk about natural beauty, artificial flavors. I think she meant <laughs> natural and artificial flavors. Um, yeah. Alrighty, so very quickly, natural and artificial flavors. 
basically don't have to be afraid of one or the other. You just have to be aware of where they came from. Again, when you're choosing even a supplement company, whatever product you're buying from, whoever it is, just make sure you trust the company. That's all. Because when you trust the company, you trust their intentions and you trust whatever business decision that they made, the people behind it you trust. So you know that they're going to, at the end of the day, have a good morale and do what's right for the customer. Okay. So that's what I would recommend whenever you're thinking about that. I never recommend going into natural versus artificial flavors because to be honest, they don't mean anything. The FDA doesn't regulate them. And in some cases, artificial flavors is actually safer than natural flavors. Um, and it's much more sustainable too, because natural flavors, think about how many tons of strawberries you have to extract in a natural setting to create that extracted oil from strawberries versus if you were to just create the artificial compound, which by the way, is exactly identical from an organic chemistry perspective, exactly identical. Artificial wins in that case. Like to me, artificial wins. It's created by man, yeah, but it has saved so much wasted water, soil, like transport, etc., of the actual mm -hmm. natural process. And then yeah. I was saying how there was um there's this TikTok trend right now where this guy says that natural vanilla extract is made from like a beaver's butt. <laughs> Yeah and, people, yeah, and people are like, actually like, oh my God, yeah, like down with all natural flavors. And so what like, guys, it's ridiculous, right? Like, yes, yeah, yeah. sometimes natural flavors aren't quote unquote, what you expected. And sometimes artificial flavors is better. Sometimes natural flavors is better. So instead yeah. of obsessing over like, oh, what's what just at the end of the day, if I trust the company, I trust whatever they're making, that's fine. And remember that there's such small amounts of that in the actual product that you really shouldn't be worried about it unless of course again it's like your protein powder which is again why i recommend corporform because you can continuously use it every day where you just trust the product you know that it's coming from a good source but other yeah. than that don't worry about it i see way too many people fear-mongering natural flavors on the internet right now and i think it's very mm -hmm. unsafe and very unhealthy yeah Jordan um, asked a question too. Yeah, what did she say? I'm trying to get to it. Oh, okay. Is there a way to make arugula easier to digest yeah. without cooking it? Same with same the broccoli sprouts or and even other lettuce. Um, with arugula, steaming it is really easy to digest, and um, broccoli sprouts actually have better sulforaphane. Uh, concentration i believe don't quote me on that when you do steam them it allows for the compounds to be more bioactive so it's actually better for you to cook your arugula and broccoli sprouts um when it comes to lettuce i like romaine i'm not going to sit here and tell you to like steam your romaine lettuce that sounds silly <laughs> and you don't need to be doing that but if you're struggling with digestive issues eating lettuce probably especially for you jordan is probably not your best uh choice Anyways, um, next question. What are your thoughts on mouth taping? Have you guys ever done it or su ha suggested it for clients for sleep? What about you guys? I've done it myself. You've done it? Yeah, I do it every night. Oh, really? Yeah, Why? I, I, probably, I, probably don't, I probably don't use the right tape. I use masking tape. <laughs> And I like completely cover the mouth. He's like duct uh, tape. People think that he got, he's getting like robbed. Or something. Yeah. <laughs> No, so like, I I, um, I read and heard about this research a while ago about 
just mouth breathing in general and how it's not that not very good for you and all that, especially during sleep. And so whenever you mouth breathe during sleep, it can interrupt your deep sleep. And so I use an aura ring to track my sleep for REM and deep sleep and all that. And it's my sleep patterns. And I try to optimize my sleep as best I can. So I was like, heck, I'll just give it a shot. So I actually started doing it and my deep sleep improved a lot. Like I went from like maybe an hour to an hour and a half a night of deep sleep on average. So like getting a lot more deep sleep, I saw the difference. My wife actually has taken pictures of me sleeping and, and shows people at parties. Cause I have, I, I wear an eye mask too to block all the, the light out and that. So I look, I look like, a, I, I look ridiculous, but Hey, oh I guess, I get some really good sleep. There you go. <laughs> That's so. hilarious. I'm imagining you now with like this eye mask duct tape across your face. Dude, I'll Ear, send you a picture. Do, you, do you put earplugs into No, I don't. I don't. Oh, we okay. do a sound machine, but oh, I don't, okay. I don't, you have a sound machine. Yeah. There we go. Almost the same. Yeah. Yeah. I, I remember. Uh, Drew just said mouth taping. Let's see. Sorry, I lost the comment. Mouth taping is actually great for preventing cavities. It helps prevent you from drying out your oral microbiome. I remember uh, Nora talking about that on yep. our podcast last time we brought it up. Yes, and we've talked about it before on our um, podcast because the number one kind of reason why I would, I honestly, I think it's a fad for mo the most part. I think that there is strong validity to it if you open your mouth and you breathe, like if you are a snorer, then mm -hmm. one, get to your root cause, like what is causing you to, is it some sort of, do you need to do like a CPAP machine, right? Like, is it like a very significant thing that you need to be helped with? Or mm -hmm. is it like allergies and you need some support there? Um, but the number one thing is definitely for your oral microbiome. And this is exactly why dentists tell you not to have alcohol-based mouthwashes. So this is the same reason, is because alcohol-based mouthwashes, remember your oral microbiome, it also has a microbiome in your mouth, and you swallow mm -hmm. that, and that's what gets into your stomach, um, which is why when we do H. pylori treatment, we make sure we do the mouth too, but that's regardless. Back to mouth taping. Um, when we wipe out and we kill all the bacteria in our microbiome, um, in our mouth, with something like an alcohol-based, um, it dries out the mouth and that allows for more bacteria to overgrow um, and be detrimental, which is why they don't recommend the alcohol-based and why mouth taping is great is because it doesn't dry out the mouth, which allows for more bad bacteria to flourish. You got mm -hmm. it. That makes sense. We got another question up here from Diego, one of the trainers here. Uh, he said, does the order in which you consume your macros matter? Do you want what me you to think? take, I'll say yeah. my, my take on this first. I yeah. think for certain populations, yes. I think for certain populations, yes, you need to be eating your protein first and then maybe your carbs afterwards, especially like I'm thinking about my mom here, struggles yeah. with high blood sugar. I would definitely recommend her eating her proteins first before her carbs. Um, what are you guys? Oh, but when it comes well, to like fruit, that fruit thing where people are like, have you heard of that? Where people eat like fruit at like specific times. I don't know. People oh, are really yeah. weird about fruit for some reason. They're like, I only eat fruit in the beginning of my meal or completely alone, spaced apart from every, yeah, there's some like weird fruit rules that people have thought of, but Interesting. If, if that's fruit what you're doing, there. you're doing it wrong. <laughs> yeah. Um, what particular populations are you referring to when you say some populations that matters? Like the high blood sugar population, people who okay. are really, really reactive to carbohydrates, 
um, and need to be monitoring their blood sugar levels better and making sure that they don't uh, increase too much. Yeah. Well, isn't there, isn't there also something to be said too, like when you have protein first in your meal, it's more, um, it produces more bile and more stomach acids needed to be broken down. So it's actually good for everything, for your digestion afterwards, because you already have more stomach acid kind of kicking before anyways. Yeah. I've, I've heard that too. I, I don't I've know heard if, that's, that, if there's anything, you know, validity I've heard that. that too. I've never tested it on anyone or hmm. seen any literature on it, but I've heard that too. Yeah. 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 What's food combining? Yeah, food combining is like when people. This was another fad that there used to be. Um, There's too many. Every, it's an every. <laughs> it's an all, all, three, all three macros on a kebab and eat it together. Oh my gosh. <laughs> there you go. That's exactly what it is. Yeah, it's just like ridiculous. You pick a category and then you fill the rest of your plate with like other foods and then you wait three hours and then you switch the category because oh, yeah. fruit will ferment. This is all redonkadonk. Yeah. <laughs> uh, real, real quick, just to Diego, because um, he just said thank you. Um, normal populations and you in particular, you don't need to worry about the order you're consuming your macros in. Yeah, I typically don't. Just to clarify. Yeah, I've never, thank you for clarifying for him. I've never had that. Uh, I've never recommended someone to do that, to be honest, because I've honestly never, like my mom, never, she won't let me touch her macros. So there we go. <laughs> Alrighty, I've been recently relishing, this is from Will, um, recent, recently relishing on maple bourbon seasoning. However, it does have maltodextrin and silicon dioxide, which I've read is carcinogenic. Can you impart your wisdom if this rub should be used occasionally or can, can it be consumed diurnally? Um, I love that uh, question. And just like I was talking about before with all of these things, um, the poisons in the dose. So maltodextrin too, I, there was just a March 1st, 2022. So literally a month ago, there was a systematic review of placebo-controlled clinical trials on maltodextrin as a food additive um, to study the effects on human physiology and gut microbiome to assess the validity of maltodextrin in general to be used as like a placebo. Because most studies, when they do like protein studies, they actually use maltodextrin as the opposite effect. And so they were kind of testing to see like, all right, well, does maltodextrin actually do anything on the gut that would actually make it not viable as a control because it is impacting the gut. And what they found was that 64% um, of the randomized control trials induced an effect on human physiology or gut microbiome, um, which then of course questions the validity of it being used in trials as a control. Um, but they did observe some effects in changing in Firmicutes and Bacteroides phyla and Lactobacillus and Bifidobacteria phyla. Now, remember, guys, none of these were dosed in the form of a seasoning, <laughs> right? We're talking about people who are using grams and grams and grams <laughs> of this, like chugging, chugging it, right? Like 10 to 30 grams at a time of maltodextrin, yeah. right? 
Now, no one here is chugging maltodextrin in, actually some athletes do, to be honest, like some athletes do use maltodextrin um, as their choice of sugar. Um, yeah. It is very easy to digest, but again, this is not to fear monger at all because ever, remember how I always say this asparagus is gonna change your microbiome and the broccoli is gonna change your microbiome just as much as the as something else. So just because it modulates your gut microbiome doesn't mean it's bad. Um, with that said, this specific change with maltodextrin is not the best. Um, and of course, just like with any sugar in high doses, right? We know high sugar diets are bad for the gut. Um, you wouldn't want to be consuming liters and liters of it. Mm. With that said, if it's in your seasoning, have it, sprinkle it on your seasoning, rub it on your seasoning. That's totally fine. Yeah. I wouldn't be too worried about it being in, was it seasoning, not sauce? It was seasoning. Yeah, okay. seasoning. Yeah. I wouldn't worry about yeah. that. And then the Trace silicon, amounts, silicon dioxide is a caking agent to help to make sure that basically it, like when it's on the man manufacturing platform it doesn't get stuck to the actual like line that it's the being belt. produced on yeah, yeah the belt so they add silicon dioxide so that it moves on the belt easier and then when you sprinkle it it doesn't come out all as like a cake like a uh, one compound it comes out in the little fine sprinkles as you would at seasoning so that's what that's used for um, but again you're using such a small amount of it i wouldn't be too concerned it's when you're being that maybe consuming liters and liters of it as an athlete, maybe choose a different source of fuel and working with a nutritionist there. Yeah, there are better better sources than Malto for your carbs. Yeah. What do you guys like? Um, I'll just use straight glucose. Yeah, dextrose. Or dextrose, or yeah, just Gatorade. Yeah, and Gatorade. Like it's powdered just, Gatorade, I like. Yeah, I need to do the powdered Gatorade. Yeah, just straight yeah. dextrose, right to the head. Yeah. No, I was yep. getting at that like that. <laughs> it's, <laughs> a, it's a mix of dextrose and remember and that sugar. That is basically the same thing, right? Yeah. yeah. It's still a sugar at the end of the day. So that's not saying that it's any better or worse. We're nope. just saying that as an, like, again, we're not here to, to fear monger. We use it yeah. ourselves. Um, I personally, when, in, if, if I'm recommending an athlete for intra carbs, the best one, cyclic dextrin, right? It's best absorb, best osmolality, best for performance that we've seen. Um, mm -hmm. But you can go as easy as just having rice. And ultimately rice gets broken down into glucose and that is our primary fuel source anyways. And that's what we want to be using. So yeah, yeah. enough of that rabbit hole down mountain. <laughs> um, do you guys want to do the next yeah. question? I know we're kind of running out of time, but. Yeah, that's right. We don't have to finish all of them. I've got three more. Um, so the next one, why do so many people have to eat tilapia during prep? I don't know why it's become just like a staple move <laughs> across the board. Just Wait, tilapia you mean it doesn't make everything. my skin thinner? <laughs> oh, gosh. Um, so main cheap. reason is just because it's a lean, a lean protein source. It's cheap. You can find it easily and buy a lot of it. And it just, you know, you keep it lean. And but you don't have to do that. I still haven't had a client use tilapia in their preps. So, oh. Awesome. Well, we ran out of time this week, but 
Uh, next week, we will finish off any of the other questions that we had and dive into the other ones. Be sure to join the Facebook group if you guys have any others that you want to partake in. We're also posting recipes. We have meal prep recipes going here. So it's a fun time in the Facebook group. Always here to help you guys. If there's anything else that we can do as coaches, um, please reach out to us. We are super responsive and just here to help you guys. So looking forward to next week and we'll choose the giveaway winners then. So don't forget to enter. Yeah, yeah. Bye guys.